1: Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we are webcasting to you live from the Center for Autism and Related Disorders Headquarters in Tarzana, California. I'm so grateful to be here today, and I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to be with you this morning. And I'll get into some more of uh, all of that in just a little while. But it's a really exciting week here on Autism Live, and I'm so looking forward to today and tomorrow because we have a very special guest who's going to be with us tomorrow, Holly Robinson. Pete is going to do a very special one-hour episode of Autism Live with us tomorrow. That'll be at 11 a.m. Pacific time until noon Pacific time. We're so grateful. She's such a busy woman, and and she's such a lovely, inspirational advocate. I always enjoy an opportunity to sit and talk with her, and we've got a full hour to really enjoy and and talk about a wide variety of subjects with Holly, including what it's like to be the mom of a teenager. I don't know about the rest of you, but my son's about to be 11, and I'm staring down that thing going, oh, I can already see the teenage behavior showing up, and when the hormonal shifts happen you know, please don't even talk to me about hormones right now. Right. I can attest to hormonal shifts are not that much fun. And so imagining that in our teens who are on the autism spectrum, it really gives me a lot more trepidation and it's turned the hair whiter and whiter every day. Right. (laughs) But, uh, thrilled to be able to have an opportunity to talk about that with Holly and about other stuff that's going on with her wonderful organization, the Holly Rod Foundation. And since we're talking about technology all this week, we're thrilled because Holly has recently partnered with the Nobby Company, and we are going to be giving away two of those luscious Nobby tablets that I I flashed one of them at you yesterday, and I'll bring one in a little bit later on in the show uh, to show you. They are the most wonderful things. They're very child-specific and great fun. And the ones that we're giving away are preloaded with 24 different apps that are really specifically tailored to autism. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit later in the show about what you need to do to participate to win one of those Nobbies. And of course, we'll be talking about it tomorrow and giving those away. Um, we'll, we'll be having you do something during the hour and then we'll give it away slightly after the hour. So very excited about that. But then today we just have a cornucopia of wonderful guests. We have five, five guests today. I think that five separate interviews. I think that ties our record for the most people that we've had on the show. So very exciting day. Thrilled to be here with you for all of that and ever so much more. We always like to remind you at the start of the show that this entire program is meant to be interactive. We want to participate with you and be in a conversation with you. So Emily's going to cycle through some of the different ways that you can get a hold of us. While I remind you that our homepage is autism-live.com. When you go there There's lots of things to do, like you can click on the blog, um, but there's a desktop with a computer. Click on the triangle on the computer and you'll be able to watch either the live show or the most recently recorded live show. Now to the side of that is a white box and it gives you an opportunity. You can put your cursor there and type and hit enter and it shows up here on my screen and in that way we can be interacting in almost real time. There's about a minute, minute and a half delay so sometimes you think, Why isn't she saying something about my question? It's because there can be a delay, depending on... I don't know, solar flares. It can be slightly different. Uh, don't ask me. I'm not the technical person, but sometimes it gets here a little quicker. Sometimes it takes a little longer. It has to beam up into space. I, you know We shouldn't be impatient, but in any case, it's pretty instantaneous, and we, we love having the opportunity to pose your questions to our experts. I also like to remind you at the start of the show that while we have a lot of experts on the show, I'm not one of them. I am a mom. My son was diagnosed with autism at two and a half. As I mentioned, he'll be 11 and just couple of short months, short, short months. And, uh, He is the light of my life. He's doing so well because I was lucky. I was lucky and I was persistent. I will give myself credit for that. Uh, And I love to ask questions. As you see here on the show, it's one of the things that I enjoy is asking questions. I, you know, you'll know I'm dead when I've stopped asking questions. That's what I always say. So, but my son got the very best of ABA therapy and the very best of support. And and we we got that because other parents told us where to go and what to do. And I I firmly believe that in this community, if we don't get hooked up to the right resources, if we don't get hooked up to the right information, we lose time, we lose hope, and we certainly lose money. And uh, I don't want to make it sound like the money is the the most important thing. It isn't. I think probably the time and the hope are twice as important. But if you don't have the funds to get to the resources, you run out of the time and the hope as well. So we include that in the conversation. We talk about autism from that 360-degree perspective, what you're feeling about all of it, what you can do so that you're creating progress, and how you're going to keep a roof over your head, keep food on the table, and make it be healthy food while you're ensuring that either you're giving the best of treatment to that child or that student or that client of yours, or if you are the person who's on the spectrum, that you're getting the help and the support that you need so that you can be overcoming the challenges, that the individual challenges that you're having. That's really, what this whole program is about. I want to pay forward the information that I got and find all the new information, and that's really what this week has been about. So we always like to start the show with something that we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym, and we try to make sense of it within our world, uh, which is now the autism community world, right? A lot of us come into this community and it's a little bit of a cold shower where you go, I have no idea what these people are talking about. The jargon is super duper intensive. And I understand that today, this is the first time that we have used this particular jargon uh, and defined it, although we've talked about this before on the show. So our term today is in-app purchase. And you know, what I always like to say to myself before the show starts, I I say, you know, my mission today is to save everybody five minutes. And five dollars, and if I can do that with at least one person, then I feel like I've I've done my job. And if we can save you more than five minutes, more than five dollars, woohoo! Right? This has the potential to save you a lot of heartache and a lot of money if you understand what an in-app purchase is and how to turn it off on your devices. Ah. Okay, so an in-app purchase, Uh, for those of you who are not technologically inclined, uh, our actual definition for this, it's a virtual economy set up within an app on a mobile device. It allows a player to purchase virtual objects for real money in a seamless fashion. Uh, The first time that I encountered this uh, was shortly after my husband had gotten a smartphone, and we were actually being interviewed for... um, uh, an article in the news, uh, and our son was there, and there were other autism families that were there, and we were in a park. And in between the takes, it was really, really hot, and it was an exhausting day, and in between the takes, our son was getting a little frustrated with, you know, the fact that it was hurry up and wake whenever you're on a shoot. And, uh, here, my husband had his smartphone and he said, here, play a game on my phone as we do with our kids sometimes. And my son was having a great time playing this game. And he go, he says, mom, look, I bought a zoo. And it was sort of like a, a sim village. And he says, I bought a zoo. And I said, oh my gosh, that I love games like that. And so I'm looking at the zoo and going, oh, that's so cool. And, um, You know (laughs) the next morning when my husband woke up and uh and he goes oh my gosh um there was i think it got up to 650 dollars charged out of my husband's account for zoos and carts and things like that and i went what and i went back and looked at the app And, you know, in the game, he had dollars that he was given to play that were virtual dollars. And then there were other dollars that looked a lot alike. I wouldn't have known. I'm telling you, honestly, I would not have realized that he was spending real money and that it just and you don't have to approve it or anything unless you put it on your phone or your iPad. The money was just gone. We went through a process. We got our money back. But I then talked to every, all my friends and I said, did you know this could happen? And the one friend said, oh, we use Apple products. That would never happen to us. Apple's so careful about that. That would never happen. Three days later, her son, bought a bunch of wagons in a Smurf game. And they were $100 a piece, and he bought a bunch of them while she and her husband were sitting there watching him do it. And then they got the bill afterwards, and she called them up and she said, I can buy a, a real wagon for less than $100. Are you seriously going to charge me $100 for a picture of a wagon in a game? Um, she got her money back too, but you only get to get your money back once, and it's a lengthy process. And I don't know about you, but the rest of us can't afford that. So uh, here's our actual definition, and our working definition for an in-app purchase Uh, it's purchases made while an app is open usually for an upgrade of some sort this is frequently used in free apps so you might be thinking to yourself oh what a great app it's this game and my child is so enjoying it and you sign up for the free app but if you have enabled your phone if you have in any way attached your phone even once to a credit card and you have not blocked those in-app purchases on your phone, on your iPad. And by the way, this happens on an Android platform. This happens on Apple platform. You know, it's across the board. These games are insidious. I, I do believe that some of them, they do it deliberately to confuse you. Um, because there are adults who have made the mistake and certainly our children on the autism spectrum they get caught up in the game and they have no idea that they're spending real money the only way that you can prevent that is by going into the settings on your device go into the settings and find um, all that there is one that will say in-app purchase and you need to make sure that it's off and on some on my phone it's very confusing I'm just gonna be honest with you that I can't tell whether it's on or off it doesn't make a complete sense. So the thing I would encourage you to do is to set it to off and then go in to an app that you have and attempt to make a purchase, um, and see if it turns it off and says no, and make sure that you do it for something that's 99 cents, right? So that if you haven't turned it off, that you're not out hundred dollars for a virtual wagon <laughs> when a real one would be 58 95. Come on. Like, you really uh, you have to say, these companies, this is a form of thievery. And I got so upset with the company and dealing with them, and it took me probably—I want to say it took us maybe two months before we saw the money back and we were given this letter about, it's very important to supervise your children. Mm, I got a saying for you, Uh, because my child, we were supervising, but they do this deliberately because if half the people, when it's over and their child has rung up $600, don't pursue it to get the money back, that's a lot of cha-ching for them, right? So be careful. Technology is great for our kids, but save yourself and and turn off on all your devices the in-app purchase. It just makes it so that they can't. It distinguishes for you when it's real money. Saves your money, really does. Okay. Uh, we always have a question of the day for you and our question today, we've been talking about technology all this week. We're going to continue to talk about technology in a really exciting way. What do you wish? What do you wish technology could help you with? I know there are—we talked about this on Tuesday that there's this saying about, you know, there's an app for that. When you sit there and think, well, I'd like to do X, Y, and Z, uh, and and the the general consensus is, well, there's an app for that. I disagree. I think that there are some things that the app doesn't exist yet. Um, There are— there are some things that an app will do this feature but it doesn't do that feature there are many things that I think I wish we had this and I frequently on the show will say we should have an app that does that Uh, I know people who make apps now so I can go to them and say make this app Uh, but if you don't know people who make apps what do you wish I'll say I'll take it to them I'll say you should make an app that does this what do you wish technology could help you with and hopefully we'll find a, a couple of minutes later on in the show to take a look although we are jam-packed with things for today so uh, we always have a topic of the week and as I have mentioned a couple of times we're this whole month we're talking about innovation and what's new and hot in autism and this week in particular we're talking about technology and autism how can we use technology to help us get done what we need to do and by the way that can be things that are related to autism, or it could be something that isn't related to autism that gets something done so that we have more time to spend taking care of the issues that we have with autism. Technology is a powerful thing, and if it can make it easier, why would we say no, right? Uh, The problem is is when technology doesn't work, (laughs) I'm having this, it's like the the universe is mocking me this week because I'm talking about the glory of technology, and yet a bunch of my technology just isn't working this week you know how you have that kind of a week uh okay so some of the different things that we have going on today Uh, look at this list it's an all-star list so first we're gonna we're gonna start out with real progress with dr adele nadowski and can't wait to talk to her about how we use technology to help our kids Uh, then a little bit later on in the program we have charlotte olson and she is a, a parent who is has really made it um she saw a need and she has created a, a series of books, the Susie books, and we'll talk with her about why they're helping kids with autism. Then in the next hour, we have Marion Shaw. I've been wanting to have her on for the longest time. Uh, she, uh, is part of the Makota ring company, and these are am- amazing pieces of technology that not only help Everyone to get fit, wait till you hear who uses these things to train, but they 've started to do some studies on what these rings do with kids with autism and and if it sounds. Like what is she talking about? It's a, it's I think it's three different pieces that it, they're put together to create a ring. It's almost like has the feel of going into a boxing ring, but it's technology with lights and sound and even smells. And it asks uh, the the person who's on the inside to do something, and then you have to react to it. So it's like a video game on steroids, right? And it can help you with agility. It can help you with fitness. But they're finding that it is also activating a part of the brain with. Kids- with autism that is really incredible. So can't wait to talk to Marion about what that's about. And then we had her scheduled originally for Tuesday and couldn't have her on on Tuesday, but Vicki Gold is going to be with us today to talk to us about what MIT Scratch is. This is an incredible program to teach uh, coding, the beginning step of a language of coding for computers for kids. It's really and it's online. And so if you've got a child who's really interested in computers and you're wanting to do the next thing with them. you're going to love this MIT scratch. My son just took a class in this, and that's why I said we've got to get somebody on. And then we're going to round out the show with a uh, wonderful, wonderful guest, uh, Stan, and I'm not even going to try to say his name, with Great Minds Robotics. They uh, are a wonderful place that uh, has programs for building robots. And I want to talk about that. Um, they're based here in Los Angeles, but I want to talk with him about why this kind of work is so helpful and useful to all of our kids. And- And what kinds of things um, he's seeing with individuals on the spectrum, uh, what kind of skills that it builds working with robotics, besides the fact that for our kids, it's the most reinforcing thing. My son would walk on hot glass to get to a place where he could work on robots. He just would. Um, And when we find something that's reinforcing to our kids, we we have to give it to them as often as we can in exchange for having them make progress, right? So uh, I'm sure that for those of you who always say, why aren't we having more stuff about what to do with the older kids. I think we've got some really fun and exciting stuff here for all ends of the the spectrum and all ends of our age continuum here. All right. uh, Today has been a very hectic morning already for me. Uh, I, I have to say this because if there's anybody who's watching who is going through the same thing, you've got to take some immediate action. I got a letter yesterday that my car is included in a recall that includes over a million cars here in the United States, and it's a very serious recall, and when I glanced at it the first time, I was like, ah, you know, and my husband said to me, no, you need to sit down and take a minute with this and really read this through. It's a very, very serious uh, issue, so if you got a recall notice or if you're not sure if your car is included in that recall notice, make sure that you pursue it. I know once I read through it, I called my dealer. And I said, how soon can I get this repaired? And and they were very clear with me that the part doesn't yet exist, that they're making the part. And it's going to be probably at least two weeks to two months before the part is going to exist. And they were cautioning me to not use my full key ring in the car that you have to take the key, the ignition key off your key ring and have nothing attached to the key while you're driving your car. Now that scared me because as you look at it, people have lost their lives because in these ignition switches, what happens is the car can shut down. It can just literally turn off while you're driving 60 miles an hour down the freeway, the car can shut off. And when that happens, you lose your brakes. You lose your, for some of us, you lose your steering and your airbags don't work. And people have lost lives over this. Uh, That scared me sideways because I've already had all kinds of problems with my car with the ignition switch. Um, So, in any case, I said, what am I supposed to do about that? And they said, oh, just drive with a key. Well, then it was on the news last night saying that anyone who feels uncomfortable driving their car—can we all raise our Uh, hands—with this problem, that your dealership will give you a loaner car until they can get the part. And, um, I, you know, I'd called my dealer yesterday and there was nothing, they told me nothing about that. So I want you to know if you missed the news last night and if you are part of the recall with this car, call your dealer. They're getting me a car right now. So don't drive your car. I'm telling you, don't drive your car. Uh, I had them tow it to the dealer. I'm not messing with it. Uh, it's not worth the loss of life. So encourage you check and see if your car is included in the recall and, and deal with it. But if you have to drive your car, have nothing else attached to the key, seriously, lives have been lost and we need to be safe, right? All all the things that we're doing, we need to be safe first and foremost. All right. We need to take a break. When we come back, we are going to be joined by Dr. Adele Nadowski for real progress with Dr. Adele. Stick with us.
2: If you're watching Autism Live, chances are you care about the life of someone, or perhaps many people, living with autism. You spend countless hours trying to make a better life for them. It may not have been easy for you to watch the show today. You know, sometimes you could be juggling so many balls in the air, you feel like a circus performer. I remember recently saying to a friend that as the mother of a son with autism, plus all the other challenges in my life, I feel like I'm carrying a tray full of glasses of water and that if one of them topples over, the whole thing is going to go crashing down. This empowerment moment is all about you. Now, I'm not a doctor or a therapist, but over the last nine years in my autism journey, I've learned some things that have helped me shift from being a victim to having hope. See, I've been in that place down on the kitchen floor on my knees praying for answers of what happened to my child. I've been in that place covered with blood and tears after one of Wyatt's giant tantrums where I said, Where has my fairy tale life gone? I have a feeling you're a member of that kitchen floor club too. It's been a process, but I've come from that place of being a victim to becoming an advocate for my son Wyatt and for many others as the executive director of ACT Today or Autism Care and Treatment Today. Let's start with reframing the way you think about yourself and your child. I want you to say after me, I'm an activist. That's right i'm an activist because just by watching this program you are taking positive steps to make the world a better place for your child or someone else living with autism you are a positive force of action in the world i want you to start thinking of your so-called disability as an opportunity, because it's within our challenges that our greatness is revealed. That's where we find our courage and resiliency. And parenting a child with autism is one of the greatest challenges a parent can face. You have the choice to see this as a journey of self-discovery. Some people take expeditions to climb Mount Everest to see what they're made of. You don't have to travel that far because parenting a child with autism is an expedition of the soul. Until next time, stay strong and keep the faith.
1: Welcome back to Autism Live. We're so thrilled that we have Dr. Adele Nad- I can't even talk today. We have Dr. Adele Nadowski joining us and she is joining us via Skype this morning. So first of all, welcome Dr. Nadowski. I'm so sorry, I'm tripping over your name this morning. No problem. (laughs) Good morning. It's good to have you on the show. Thank you for being willing to join us via Skype. And um, we we talk with you each week. We call this segment Real Progress with Dr. Dell because we're trying to get to the heart of what we have to do to see that kind of progress. And you're a great person to talk about with those kinds of subjects with because you're one of the co-creators of skills. And it's an online tool that I talk about a lot on the show because it's one of my favorite pieces of technology to talk about when we're talking about how do we help a child with autism. So can we start with that and talk about what SKILLS is? I know we have some new viewers this morning that just joined us. One woman in particular who uh, wrote to us yesterday and said that her child was just diagnosed with autism last Friday. So tell for for our new viewers what exactly SKILLS is and how they can use it to get to progress.
0: Okay, so um, SKILLS is an online treatment management platform. It's um, used by... Um AVA service providers, school districts, and parents, and um, it's a place where you can log on to an account and you can um, enter in your child or student's information and it will ask you to fill out an assessment. And then based on the results of that, it produces um, uh, child-specific lessons that are needed um, in order to get that child caught up with respect to all the deficits that are in place. And um, it has a way of tracking the child's progress and providing reports as well. So it's essentially like a um, one-stop shop for providing assessment and curriculum and progress reporting.
1: And it it really is an amazing tool that people have, have written in and said they use it in lots of different ways. I've said before on the show that one of my favorite things to use it for is for IEP prep. It has changed literally everything about how we do things for IEP prep, which then has an effect on everything that happens within the school year. I had a parent-teacher conference yesterday, Dr. Nadowski, and one of the things that happened as a result of me going in with specific goals, it's really been life-changing for my son, and I got to see the payoff of that yesterday in the parent-teacher conference. And uh, so I'm a huge fan of skills, but that's just one of the things you can do with skills. And and we should take a second, because we talked, you mentioned, the the assessment, you mentioned the curriculum, I've now mentioned some of the IEP things that it does for you. But um, take a second to tell us about the BIP builder, the skills BIP builder that's part of the whole.
0: Right. So obviously when we're providing autism treatment, um, we're dealing with both their deficits and their excesses. So um, what I've kind of talked about so far is what we would do with respect to the deficits. but. Um, A lot of individuals with autism also display um, stereotypical behaviors or repetitive behaviors, ritualistic things of that sort, or even self-injury or aggression. And so um, there's all these different challenging behaviors to deal with. So within skills, there's the BIP Builder. And this is a tool that helps you to um, develop a behavior intervention plan for your challenging behavior. Again, um, it also provides the ability to um, track as well the progress that's being made. It's really an
1: an incredible, incredible tool, and and we should also mention if you're interested in looking at skills to see whether it's something that works right for you, it really it works in a monthly subscription basis, and you can go online and get a 14-day free trial, and they would find that at skillsforautism.com. Is that correct, Dr. Nadowski?
0: Um, For the free trial for skills, yes, it's um, skillsforautism.com, and then. Um, The VIP Builder also is um, part of the skills system, but there's also um, the ability to get it alone by itself for people who don't need the entire skills system. Okay, great. And the website for that is skillsbipbuilder.com. Okay, spectacular. So you can go there and check that
1: out. Um, but that's not the only, you know, uh, that's certainly the first thing I want to talk about with you in terms of technology, but there is so much out there in terms of technology that you can use to help yourself, to help an individual on the autism spectrum, and to help the individual themselves. Uh, one of the, one of my go-tos that I, that I immediately think about is getting training for yourself and for the other people who are working with your child, whether it's the teacher or an aide or if you're bringing therapists into your home and you don't have an ABA provider and you want to train those therapists. But also for a parent, we want, we want great training so that we know how to implement things that we find in skills. And um, there's a great solution that we know of where they can
0: go to get that information, correct? Yeah, I'm thinking of the Institute for Behavioral Training. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, a big
1: fan of theirs.
0: Yeah, so um, also you could go to iBehavioralTraining.com to check them out, and they provide um, all sorts of um, technology for training, including their whole entire e-learning um, modules, which they have ones just for parents. They also have ones just for educators and also for service providers. And it teaches on all sorts of topics, all the way starting from, um, you know, the... The one to one staff who actually implement the therapy hours on the therapy line, um, all the way up to supervisor level training of, you know, how do you design a curriculum program for a child? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's great. And also, um, the Behavior Analyst Certification Board just came out with something new called the Registered Behavior Technician. Um, and it requires people to have 40 hours of training under their belt to even get that certification and that's for the therapist level person Mm -hmm. Um, and IBT just announced I just saw um, a press release actually that they just released um, an e-learning um, to uh, provide that 40 hours that's required by the certification board.
1: We actually have a guest who's going to be on a week from today. Cecilia Knight is going to be joining us to talk about exactly that training. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Uh, because we will be talking with her specifically about that a week from today. But uh, all of these things, you can, you can go to iBehavioralTraining.com and, and you can start... Getting educated about a specific area—I I love the fact that you can look and look up a, a, something that your child is doing and get educated about that. And, and I want to say that the trainings are ridiculously inexpensive. They started about seven dollars uh, and fifty cents per training, so yeah. it, it's not. Uh, you know, and I know that we're all pinching pennies, but you—if you were going to go buy a book about what to do about autism, it would take you forever to wade through it. It would be incredibly intense jargon, and—and and I can tell you that it would cost you a lot more than seven dollars and fifty cents. And you might, you know, use it for three weeks and still not find the thing that you were looking for, and not understand how to how to deal with it. IBT you can go and specifically look up the topic that you want pay seven dollars and fifty cents be watching a video that is not jargon intensive it's designed specifically to explain it to parents if you get one from the parent section and and be on your way so a really remarkable way to use technology to get educated today in the thing that you want to get educated in
0: yeah and there's also other um, you know technologies that are available for doing for getting online training as well including autism training solutions mm-hmm. um, they're very good um, and I think I just recently saw something I think it's called I can learn ABA 2 or something like that and it teaches um, how to do discrete trial um, teaching wonderful and um, it's pr- it looked pretty cool from what I could tell from the initial view because it has like this whole part where there's actually like a simulated um, child on the screen that you interact with and you have to go through steps of actually providing her the um, instructions and providing a reinforcement or prompts or whatever so that you actually kind of, like, get a, tr- a little bit trained of actually implementing the stuff that you're learning. That's awesome. That's f- And what is the name of that again? Um, I think it's called I Can Learn ABA 2. I'm going to okay. look it up. Okay. Real quick and if I have like a website I'll let you know in in a little bit here.
1: And then certainly there are lots of apps that are out there that are now helping to address specific skill areas that you can put some sort of a tablet device in a child's hands and they think they're playing but they're actually learning something that uh, using ABA techniques because they're getting reinforced for it and they're, they're doing repetition so that they get lots of opportunity to do it. Um, and this is a very viable way in which to use time that is traditionally thought of as downtime, like when you're in the car or between sessions or while you're cooking dinner. This is a this is something that more and more therapists are recommending our kids do. Correct?
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: And one that I can think of off the top of my head, camp discovery, uh, a wonderful, wonderful app uh, in which kids can work on lots of different language skills uh, and, and we 've had them here on the show to talk about that, but there are so many there there are things for older kids there's uh, the social express to work on social skills so many different apps Uh, there are even books about apps for autism so uh, so many different ways that you can use that downtime
0: yeah I actually have like something if anyone's interested out there um, I went to a, a educational technology conference in November And um, I made a list of all the technologies that I learned about while I was there. Wow. So if there's any viewers who want that list, I'm happy to share it. It's not like pretty or anything. I just basically typed it up. Um, But the the technology I was just talking about is definitely on that list. So I'm trying to find that right now.
1: I would Um, love to have that list. We'll do a blog about it and I'll pretty it up for you if, if you're willing to share that list with me. Yeah, definitely okay and I'll, I'll, I'll definitely credit you it's not my list it's your list but that's amazing <laughs> Well, I don't really care
0: it's fine, either way <laughs> uh,
1: I, I absolutely love that so lots of different ways in which we can use technology and then I also want to talk a little bit about tracking data and using things like a token economy using technology um, because there there are ways that you can track data skills has a way that you can do it inside the program so if you're using skills you can do that there are other apps that people can use to track data even the most you know even if it's just a ticker if you're trying to count how many times a child mans there are apps for that that you can put on your phone and and do things uh, of that nature Um, and then there are also uh, token economies that are available in app form that you can specify uh, what you need and and many different things anything else that you can think of off the top of your head that's just really
0: useful in terms of technology well, I mean, basically, um, if you just imagine everything you would need while you're doing therapy and figure out how you can make it, um, make technology help you. So you hit, you hit some of those examples already, but, um, you know, there's stimuli even you can find on um, through apps. If you go onto your um, app store and you type in, um, I think it's just ABA stimuli, just type that and you'll find photos and things that you can use so like if you're teaching object labels or whatever and it's kinda cool cause they even have it set up to where you can um, have the child um, select it so you could do that as like a test first to see if they even know the stuff before you decide if you wanna use those or not
1: it's really remarkable Uh, the way the when I think back to when I started out when my son was diagnosed with autism and how different it is and how much more is available and a lot of it is available you know some of these apps we're talking about are free camp discovery is free some of the token economies that I use they're free Um, it it really is amazing how much more stuff is available and I can't wait to see in 10 years time how much more is going to be available to our kids it's a pretty exciting time Uh, and we're, we're thrilled that technology has met up with this need and is getting it done. I I think we should take a break, but are are you able to stay with us for uh, one quick more segment Dr. Nadowski? Okay, great. So we're going to take a break and then we will be back more with Dr. Nadowski. Stick with us.
3: The Institute for Behavioral Training and Applied Behavior Analysis for the Treatment of Autism. Access IBTE learning videos on the move and learn at your own pace.
1: I'm going to talk a little bit about intensity.
3: IBTE learning makes any location your classroom on the go. So our objectives for today are to really
4: learn what is autism and how is it diagnosed. Get
3: professional guidance with IBT face-to-face training. IBT face-to-face training courses prepare you to effectively implement ABA-based interventions. Choose between small group and one-to-one instruction. Earn BCBA supervision hours via one-to-one video conferencing.
5: So I had a chance to review your BIP today. You know what? It looked really good. You did a good job with it.
3: IBT, Continuing Education Courses. Earn credit through webinars, conferences, article reviews, and e-learning videos. You can learn more at iBehavioralTraining.com. IBT, 360 degrees of ABA training.
1: Welcome back to Autism Live. I asked Dr. Nadowski to stay with us because we had a question that came in that I was hoping that she would address and she is willing. Uh, They wrote in, Hi ladies, how do I keep my child, how do I help my child keep his clothes on at other people's homes? He takes off his clothes and shoes and socks and only keeps his shirt and underwear on. He is four years old. FYI, he does the same at home and only likes to wear long PJs and long pants. Thanks and enjoy your day. So, um, and I I always like to say, Dr. Nadowski, that uh, to our audience at home, that we never can give child-specific advice, that there's not the expert doesn't exist who can take information in this platform and give child-specific advice. So, I'm just reminding everybody at home that we'll be talking in generalities of some things that you need to do if your child is doing this kind of behavior. So, what, what do we need to start with, Dr. Nadowski?
0: Well, a couple things that come to mind right off the bat is um, that you can obviously um, use a procedure where you provide reinforcement contingent on keeping the clothes on for a length of time. Um, So... Um, basically, if the clothes are on, like maybe you could first collect data to see, you know, what the latency is before the clothes come off. Now, tell us what latency means. So, I mean, like, you he's wearing his clothes, how much time is it before those clothes are coming off? Okay, can he go 10 minutes? Can he go 10 seconds? Something okay. like that. Okay, once you know that, then um, you could set your schedule, your reinforcement schedule, based on that. So, if he takes his clothes off, usually. He can only handle it for, you know, 10 minutes. Then you would set your schedule at um, something less than 10 minutes, and you would set up a rule and have a timer and reinforcers identified. Do a preference assessment, figure out something that's highly motivating, and contingent on keeping the clothes on for that length of time, he gets access to the reinforcer. Okay, and then, and then it just restarts over again. And then you can try to like extend the length of the interval over time to where eventually you're not giving him tons of reinforcement all day long for it.
1: And you had mentioned to me during the break that you know, and and we talk about this all the time that when the, when a behavior is happening, it's not happening in a vacuum. There's a reason for the behavior, yeah. and that and that we may want to spend some time and figure out what the reason is. And it's very interesting to me as a parent that it, it's a very specific behavior because it sounds like to me if he only likes to wear long PJs and long pants, that if then if he's in shorts or in short pants, that those have to come. Off, which is very interesting that he wants to be more covered, but if he's not covered enough, then he'll take them off completely. It's a little,
0: it's, it's very interesting, isn't it? It is, it is. I was actually um, also wondering if, like, in addition to that, you could consider um, letting him wear the pants, the long pants that he's okay with, um, and then maybe slowly um, making them shorter and shorter to, like, using basically desensitization okay
1: and somebody else wrote in and said
0: in regards to the kid
1: taking the clothes off my son did the same thing he too is four. always started with the shoes and then everything else came off I bought him Converse high tops so that he could not take those off they are hard to get off and he's been wearing them for a little over a month and no more stripping it's interesting because if the shoes are hard to get off and if it's hard to get the pants off over the shoes that could slow him down
0: yeah exactly (laughs) and that was the third thing I was gonna mention is always you can increase the response effort of him doing that behavior if it's too difficult to do he it might not be worth it to him yeah anytime someone has to put a lot of effort into something the likelihood they're going to do it is decreased so um, I had I was thinking of like you know things with difficult fasteners um, overalls um, the difficult shoes is a great idea because, like you said, can't get the shoes off means you can't get the pants off. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and it's interesting. You know, I mean, I love a puzzle. I, I, you know, love to try. I love those logic puzzles that they give. And sometimes our kids' behaviors uh, fit into that category. And it's very interesting to me because I, I want to know why, um, why he wants to wear the long pants. Uh, that's a very interesting thing to me like what is it about those uh, it's, it's fascinating so we could ask for the help of a BCBA and have them do that functional behavior assessment right that would in a, in a world where money was no object that would that would be the first place we would start right
0: yeah because um, you know I'm sitting here thinking it could be a sensory issue it could be this yeah. it could be that as functional analysis will help to identify because um, when you do a functional behavioral assessment, if you identify that it's happening um, due to social consequences, then you know it's not really the sensory issue. It's more that he's doing it um, to escape a situation or to get attention or whatever that social reason is. Yeah. Um, but if it turns out that that's not the reason he's doing it, instead he's doing it um, because it's automatically reinforcing to take it off, then the next question becomes why is it automatically reinforcing? And that's when we start looking at more sensory um, possibilities, yeah. but it's it's a very
1: interesting thing. I don't I don't know if you if your family watches the show The Goldbergs. Have you seen this show, Dr. Nadowski? No. It's a it's a very funny show that's set in the eighties, and one of the running gags in the show is that the dad who owns a furniture store he comes home from work, and the second he comes in the door, the first thing he does is takes off his pants. And, and, and that's what he does every single day. And the kids are embarrassed by it. They're like, Dad, do you have to take your pants off? And anything happens, he's like, let me get my pants on. And I know, I know grown men that are like this, that they come home and they take the pants off, that they don't want to. But what's interesting about this child is that he, doesn't want, he wants the long pants. Um, but, you know, people have preferences about what things feel like. I, I have to fight to get my husband to wear shorts. He prefers to be in long pants. Um, even it's a, it could be 115 degrees out, and my husband, my husband, uh, does not want to be in shorts. Uh, so you know, obviously there's something there. I just I I think sometimes we look at our kids' behavior and we think random, but clearly there's something going on there for this child.
0: Yeah, and there's also the whole thing of like, is it even worth it to fight about it with him? Can he just wear pants? Yeah, you know, like if he's okay with wearing pants in the summer, then. Yeah, is really a big concern. I don't know. It's also might be somehow related to the um, waist of the pants. You know, like maybe he likes the long ones because all of the ones he has that are long are elastic instead of like button up or zip. Certainly up or could be. So it could be how tight it is on him or something like that. You know, like think about it. I When you said that there's some men who come home and take the pants off right away, it reminded me of me because when I get home, I like to like change into something comfortable right away because I feel like the work clothes that I wear. Um, are not my most comfortable clothes right you know so it could have to just do with comfort
1: absolutely so uh, you gotta kinda become a detective and start looking at things and piecing together and think outside the box and have somebody else look at it as well too and if you can if it's within your budget or if you're working with an ABA provider have them to do uh, a functional behavior assessment Dr. Nadalski thank you so much for being with us we so appreciate you taking the time to Skype in with us today you're welcome thanks for having me all right we will talk to you soon have a good weekend we're we're on a treadmill today because we have so many different guests and so we need to take a break and we're going to be back with our next guest which is Charlotte Olson stick with us
0: skills is an online program that provides assessment curriculum positive behavior support planning for challenging behavior and progress tracking, and it does this all in one place. The Skills Assessment and Curriculum addresses eight areas of development, which even includes advanced higher-level areas, such as executive functions and cognition, which pretty much makes Skills the only ABA-based set of curricula for teaching more complex skills, things like problem-solving, planning, self-management, perspective-taking, and even inferring and predicting others' private events. Skills is a four-step system. Step one is to add the child to your account. Step two is to start assessment. The skills assessment is the only ABA-based assessment with psychometric research, demonstrating the language subscale to have excellent reliability. Every area of human functioning and typical child development from infancy to adolescence was researched, making the skills assessment the most comprehensive of its kind in the world. And we're quite proud of that.
4: Skills is easy to use. Simply click Start Assessment and begin answering questions. Or simply type in a keyword, find specific activities to assess, and add activities to treatment. Step 3, choose activities. Once you've completed the assessment, Skills selects from a pool of 4,000 activities categorized by age, level, and skill type to provide you with exactly those activities each child needs. Start by choosing a curriculum, then a lesson, and finally an activity. Click the information icon to view prerequisites. Ages in which targets develop examples, and IEP goals. Click the video icon to watch a short video. Once you've identified an activity you want to teach, adding activities to treatment is a snap. Step four, start treatment. Here you can access customizable activity lesson details, add your own customized targets and exemplars, and edit an activity status, such as introducing or mastering it. You can even print handouts, such as worksheets, tracking forms, visual aids, and other materials. Skills also offers multiple progress charts, mapping curriculum progress, lesson progress, and cumulative number of activities and targets mastered over time. The Skills language curriculum is categorized by verbal behavior type so that users can identify progress for verbal operants, such as echoics, mans, tax, and interverbals.
0: Skills is one of the only programs that provides the ability to write Behavior Intervention Plans or BIPs for challenging behavior.
4: With just a few clicks, the outline of the Behavior Intervention Plan is written for you and ready to be printed and implemented.
0: You can learn more about Skills today and get started by visiting us at www.skillsforautism.com or you can call us at 877-975-4559. Skills. Progress starts here.
1: Welcome back to Autism Live. We are so thrilled that we are joined by an autism mom, and she's Skyping with us all the way from England. Charlotte Olson is with us, and she is the author of the Susie books. Charlotte, welcome to Autism Live.
6: Thank you very much.
1: We're thrilled to have you here, and I want you to take just a minute and talk to our viewers about your story and how these books came being.
6: Okay. Um, my son is on the spectrum, and he was diagnosed when he was nine. He's going to be 14 at the end of May. Um, I gave up my teaching career and decided to get back into writing and thought I could help others by using my own experiences. And so you put your experiences
1: into these books, and there's a series of the books. What do the books, t- what, what, what do they cover?
6: They cover different sort of circumstances that most families will find themselves in with their children, and and they're written for children. Yeah, uh, what age range are these ideal for? Um, I'd say sort of between three and six, if I was, yeah, I'd guess, really. Um, oh. And depending on each child, really.
1: And we were just looking, Emily showed us, uh, there's toilet time. Yeah. Um, but you also have Susie goes on an airplane. Yeah. You have Susie dressing up day. And, yeah. and in each one of these things, and they're written for the child. Correct? So um, an ideal for a parent to sit down and read through the book with the child, and what kinds of things will it inform the child of?
6: Well, I think it's basically just giving a child an example of what to expect in each um, circumstance. Um, For example, when going on the airplane from the child arriving at the airport to getting the tickets, to going on the plane, to their ears popping, all those different issues that we all take for granted that other children obviously worry about and can be anxious about. And, And really,
1: really remarkable. These books are available on Amazon. Um, yeah. So you can buy them on Amazon. They're they're the Susie books, and again, it's Charlotte Olson. So you can search either by Suzy, Susie, like Susie's Toilet Time, or you can search by Charlotte Olson. Um, but you also have a website that people can go to for more information. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Emily put it up there, but tell it for for people who are just listening audio wise. Uh, tell us what your website
6: is. Yep. Yeah, the website is uh, www.susiebooks.co.uk. Wonderful. And is there a plan for more of these Susie books to come out? Yes, Um, I have 12 titles that I have written, um, with only four that I've currently self-published. The Hairdresses is my next title because that is a huge, huge um, thing for the autistic child to go through. And I know from experience how awful it was, um, When I just think that one could possibly do And help other parents explain each part of the hair sort of cut stage to calm a child down and make them sort of feel calmer and less anxious about it all. It's really a a remarkable thing that you're doing
1: because I know a lot of people, you have, as you said, you have these experiences that everybody's gonna have to do and sometimes you just need a reference for it. And we know that most of our kids are incredibly visual. They're beautiful books, Charlotte, I have to say. (laughs) And, and, And so they're absolutely lovely. And I have to say, my first question when I looked at these was, well, you have a son on the spectrum. Why did you make it a little girl? Um, but I now
6: think it's genius, but I'd love to know why did
1: you make that choice?
6: Because uh, when I, I originally trained as a nanny, a nursery nurse, and we had to do a, a learning aid for a child starting school. So I came up with the character Susie and wrote a book called Susie Goes to School.
1: Ah, okay. So it was a character that already existed for you and then you just expanded on it. But I have to say, I really think it's a gift to the community that you've made it a little girl because the vast majority of the things that are written about autism are from the boy's perspective. Yeah. Uh, And so, so many parents will write to us and say, I have a girl who's on the spectrum and, you know, it's bad enough that we have to explain that to people, but then we go to things and there's nothing for the girls. Yeah. Um, And that's starting to change but this is really incredible, um, and, I, and I think you're doing a remarkable job, and we look forward to more of these Susie books. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so, again, we want to encourage people, buy these on Amazon, Charlotte Olsen, Susie Books. You can, you can uh, look on Amazon, Susie's Toilet Time, and then it will show you the other books, and that you can also go to Charlotte's website. And thank you so much for, for joining us all the way from England, Charlotte. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're thrilled to have you here. Have a, have a wonderful weekend.
6: Yeah, and you. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh-
1: Uh, Really remarkable books and want to encourage people. I I love the fact that since we've been talking about technology, that you can go on Amazon, you can look at these books. They even allow you to open them up. You'll see the bright colors that are used in the book. Really wonderful things to have on hand if you're about to do any one of these things like start toilet training or you're going on an airplane trip. Great, great reference to have in, in the weeks before that you're doing it. It will really help to lower that anxiety. Uh, we really applaud Charlotte for doing that. All right, we are going to take a break right now. We're a little bit ahead of schedule. Do you want to go to the A-Word, Emily, or you want to do something? Okay, we're going to go to the A-Word. This is the uh, this is an amazing, ongoing documentary being made about uh, following a little boy who started his early intensive behavioral intervention. I particularly love this episode because we get to see when it isn't fun. Uh, you will see many episodes of the Word where Jack Riley's having a great time, he's interacting with his therapist, and he just loves her, and he's enjoying all the things that he gets to do, and he's learning. Uh, But sometimes you will run up against a place where the child has gotten used to doing something one way. It's not an effective way of doing it, but it's the way that they're comfortable doing it. And when we try to get them to do it in a different way, they have emotions about it. They get upset and it feels horrible as a parent, but this helps us to remember why it's important to allow them to have their feelings and be frustrated about it, but nothing horrible is happening. Watch and take a look. This is the A-word.
7: During clinic, everyone on Jack Riley's team meet at CARD headquarters. Here, parents, supervisors, and therapists go over any questions, concerns, and new skills to be taught. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're look
1: how cozy he, is, he with is with you guys now.
8: He's
0: so cute. She's leaning, on her knee. leaning on
1: you. We were having him like give us fire truck, and then having him say it afterwards. But now we're realizing he knows a lot. So now we can just hold up the picture and say, "What is it?"
7: Jessica is determining what items Jack Riley knows the labels for. Items he does not know are separated to be taught to him during a later therapy session.
2: Yeah.
9: Yeah. 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 What is this? Papa. Papa! That's great! Yeah. You oh, gotta your dad. What is this? He doesn't know that one. What is it? Table. Oh, oh, so oh, 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 good. Good.
1: I think you should let it go on that. One. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. That was good. Woo. Good, <laughs> good That was good. So, that was awesome. Okay,
9: cool. hey, last one, okay, and then you can play. What is it? Um, close it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're just making stuff up now. Yay! 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 Okay, you, know, you Yay. did
9: such a good job.
1: That table came out perfect. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I couldn't find like, a good table uh-huh.
9: that looked like Papa. something Is you would know. Papa? So I was pretty surprised. That. That's Papa. Oh, he said Papa that's, too. That's he awesome. did that. That was awesome. He said, all, well, the pictures. Right? <laughs>
10: yeah. Yeah, he got it out Papa's going to be happy.
9: I have a question. Yes. So, of course, we're getting big heads thinking he's doing so well. He's getting such a big vocabulary. Mm-hmm.
4: I know we're not supposed to compare him to other kids, but because you guys work with other kids with autism, what are, and I know this isn't an easy answer, but easiest answer you can come up with, okay, what are his strengths and weaknesses? I would definitely say one of his biggest strengths is that he's able to learn and he learns very quickly. You know, I mean, he's at a good
3: place right now where he's sort of like shooting up open. everything you know what I mean and he's excited yeah and he's picking things up very quickly you know as far as uh, what
1: are his weaknesses I think it's just the, de- the deficit that he has it's just the delay in the language and the del- you know what I mean and it's all that stuff but given that he is a fast learner I think all that stuff is just coming out
7: he's, he's getting more
5: words but really they're for the most part like a little table is. and things like that they're more approximations, or or are we just recognizing the consistency cool. more often now?
1: He's making a connection of words right. to an right. item or a person or something. Right. Mm-hmm. We can always work on the I see him. I see recognition yeah. in him. That's, that's
9: you want hickory dickory dock? Say no. No. Yeah. Okay. So you can see which one you want. like Legos. You've got trains. Trains. Do you want trains? Trains? Say trains. Trains. Okay, here. Let's go play with the trains. We got these. What color is this? Red. Red, very good. You know your colors. What color is this? Red. Try again. Yellow. Very good.
1: There you go, that's what I was waiting for.
9: Sit up and do it though. Okay, yeah. Let's do it like this. so choo choo
7: Jessica repeatedly redirects Jack Riley to sit up each time he attempts to lay down and play. The reason she does this is that laying down while playing is inappropriate, and if we don't teach appropriate play skills, he won't be able to socialize with other children. This teaches him how to play, and that tantruming or negative behavior won't get him what he wants.
9: camera, you' to see him make funny faces to each other and he really imitated so
7: But with the camera, not with, but the... with the
9: camera, but not face to face. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. But like face to face you can do like um the Gross Motor NBI. Right where I do this and he claps or I stand up and he'll do the same thing but facial stuff. That's three. Right.
1: Welcome back to Autism Live. That was the A word, and you can find them on their very own YouTube channel. I encourage you to watch these very important episodes. But right now, we are joined via Skype, a very very special guest. As I mentioned, we've got a cavalcade of guests today. So thrilled. I've been wanting to have Marion Shaw on the show for quite a while, ever since I saw uh, the first studies being done about autism and these wonderful Makoto sports arenas. So we want to welcome. Welcome Marion, to the show. Marion, thank you for being here. Well, oh, thank you so much. I'm honored for the invitation. Well, I, we've been talking about technology all week long and all the different applications of technology, and I think yours is one of the funnest things to do. I want to get in one of these uh, sports arenas. Uh, so tell us what the Makota Sports Arena is, what it does. Um, the Makota Arena is
11: a unique game, actually it refers to a group of games that you play inside the Makoto Arena, which is a large triangle with a six foot tower at each point of the triangle. Each tower has uh, a number of targets on it, and each tower also has a speaker. So when you are inside the arena and playing a game of Makoto, you're responding to lights and sounds that are all around you. And we found out that's what's actually driving the beneficial brain improvement we're seeing, um, not only in children who are on the spectrum, but in kids who are having problems with math or reading. Um,
1: it's, it's really amazing. And let's start with, it's fun. <laughs> you know, this is a very fun thing and it creates fitness. What initially when it was designed, was it created to be a fitness apparatus?
11: Um, THE ORIGINAL APPLICATION, um, THE ORIGINAL DEVELOPERS WERE TRYING TO RECREATE A TRAINING DEVICE USED BY THE SAMURAI TO REPLICATE Mm. ONE SAMURAI AGAINST THREE ATTACKERS. AND SO THE ORIGINAL EQUIPMENT HAD TEN TARGET PLACED AT STRIKE POINTS
1: um, ON AN INDIVIDUAL to replicate, replicate a fighting piece of equipment. Wow, it's lovely to know that that's where the genesis is. And, and we need to be very clear about this. This was not invented for autism. Lots of people are using them in lots of different ways and having great fun. You, you've got some amazing people who are using this equipment. You, you even have a country whose army is, am I correct, using this to train the army? The Dutch army. Um What's unique
11: about our equipment is that it's used both as like a screening device mm-hmm. because it measures accuracy to um, res- in response time to random stimuli. So it's used as a screening tool. But beyond that, if you continue to use it on a regular basis um, for neurological improvement, we say do three, four minute games three times a week. And now that we have the ability to uh, assess people um, AS FAR AS WHAT IS THEIR VISUAL MEMORY. Um, THERE ARE OVERALL COGNITIVE FACTORS THAT WE CAN ACTUALLY TEST
1: VIA COMPUTER TESTS. WE CAN NOW ASSESS AND ALSO MEASURE THE IMPROVEMENT. IT'S AMAZING. AND, and SO WE'RE GOING TO SHOW A VIDEO SO PEOPLE CAN GET A VISUAL OF THIS. BUT FIRST, TELL US, MARIAN, WHERE CAN THEY GO TO FIND OUT MORE INFORMATION? WHAT'S THE WEBSITE TO GO TO? OUR
11: WEBSITE IS MAKOTO, AND THAT'S M-A-K-O-T-O-DASH.
1: USA.com okay great so if you want to see some more things about this but I I want people to see a visual of this so that they can start to picture why this is so beneficial so don't go anywhere we're going to show this video right now Okay, so we were just seeing a short video. We saw a very tiny little customer uh, with a big red bonker, and, and he, we could see uh, two of the three parts of the Makota sports arena, and we could see things lighting up. Now is it, uh, and I couldn't hear, but is uh, through my earpiece, so is it there's sometimes that it just lights up? Do we have a choice of whether it lights up and whether it makes sound, uh, or was it doing both for him? Do you know, Marion? Oh, of course. Um, yes, it's doing
11: both. However, because we have such a wide range of what we call sound themes. So, for example, um, we had it set up for the little guy so that only the lowest targets would go off because those are the ones he could reach. Ah. But we can also select sound themes for kids like jungle noises ah. or barnyard animals or just tones. Um, it, it really all depends on where the child is developmentally. And also, if they happen to have any aversion to loud volume, we can adjust that. Um, It's all about adapting it for the child. But as you can
1: see, it was very easy for him to hit the light off. Yes, and he was having a ball. I mean, that's the other thing is he was excited and he was skipping between the different things. So he's getting getting some fitness with it as well, but he was using his eyes, using his ears, listening and reacting and getting more fluid with it, which is beneficial for everyone, but especially for our kids on the autism spectrum. This cannot be underestimated how important this is. And I understand, too, that you can program these things uh, to do so many different things that they could be working on colors at the same time. There are, you know, uh, so many different applications to this. But I want to give you a second, Marian, to talk with us a little bit about, um, you, you started having some people be interested in this with kids with autism, and, and there have been a couple of studies that have, that have been happening and that are happening. Where is that interest coming from, and what are you finding from these studies?
11: Um, Dr. Claudia Hilton started her studies with our equipment at, while she was at Washington University in St. Louis. Um, the study that she did there found that in just as few as 30 2-minute games and remember this is how the kids look at this equipment is it's not therapy it's a yeah, game yeah but in less than in, in an hour of therapy uh, games they statistically significantly improved in the areas of working memory and organization of materials and the reason that's such a big deal is frankly those are two key components to how well we can learn yeah. So in less than an hour of fun time playing in a game, um, we can help a child learn better. And uh, those children uh, were all on the autism spectrum and then Dr. Hilton's now continuing the studies down at uh, University of Texas Medical Branch. So we're looking forward to seeing those results.
1: I got to say this is so exciting. It sings to me in a way like I look at it and 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 I go our kids would love this and and I know Um, from from having gone through extensive ABA with my son which was is absolutely awesome that it's all too easy to have your child lose ground physically while you're doing intensive other behaviors and I would have loved to have stuck him you know do an ABA session and then stick him in the ring and have him be doing all this stuff working on EF skills and him not knowing it and getting him to get some physical exercise at the same time I think it's brilliant Marion and I want to be your your new best friend well I love that <laughs> That's-
11: is I would reverse the two because if you put somebody in Makoto first, oh, you get the heart rate up, you get the blood pumping, and the brain will function better. I because, I love that. As opposed to um, ABA, Makoto is actually helping to rewire the brain. We we were told this is sensory sensory integration therapy in a game. Um, studied by Dr. Barry Stein out of um, Wake Forest Medical showed that where sound comes from, lights up a different area of the brain yeah. than other areas. So whether it's coming from in front of you or behind you makes a difference. Interesting. Also, neurons that fire together wire together. Mm. Dr. Stein's research also showed that you get a what's called a greater than effect when you have both audit, audio as well as visual stimuli at the same time you get a bigger effect on the brain than either individual one separately love it those together so
1: well, I, I think I think you've really got something here, and I think using this in conjunction with the ABA, and I, and what I had been thinking about was do the ABA session, do this, and then do the second ABA session was how I was envisioning it, but I think you're right, stick them in the, in the thing, do the ABA session, stick them in the thing, and then do the second ABA session, uh, the more the merrier. I think it's remarkable. So if somebody is interested in... Um, and finding out more, because you have these already in a lot of different places uh, around the country. It may be that this already exists at their local YMCA, but they need to figure that out. How can somebody start to ask questions? Is there a place that they can go to on your website to find out where they already are? Yes, they they can go to our, our little form
11: on our Contact Us page. Um, Fill in the information if they're looking for equipment near them, we may be able to route them to a local facility. If they're currently um, going to therapy with their child, talk to their therapist. Um, Many OTs are not aware of the studies that have been done on our equipment or of how effective it really is, so drive them there. Um, And if I may, one of the best studies, uh, or excuse me, one of the best case studies I've heard. Um, there's a neurokinesiologist by the name of Jean Blades. Um, she was working with a young boy, 10, 12 years old, mute since birth, mm. never spoken a word, um, and but not because of any physiological issue. So she got him in and playing Makoto. He spoke his first word ever, but unfortunately it was when he missed a target.
1: Ah. THE FIRST WORD WAS
0: DAMN, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) NONETHELESS.
1: (laughs) YEAH, NO KIDDING, I CAN UNDERSTAND THAT. UH, WE, I REMEMBER THE FIRST TIME THAT MY SON EVER USED A SWEAR WORD IN A SENTENCE, AND IT WAS REALLY THE FIRST TIME HE EVER DID A SENTENCE, AND, AND I WAS THERE GOING LIKE THIS, AND EVERYBODY ELSE WAS SAYING HOW HORRIBLE YOUR CHILD SWORE, AND I SAID THAT WE CAN WORK ON. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get around to that but you know he said a sentence uh, and he used it properly in a sense so uh, you know we got to take our celebrations where we can I get it I think this is remarkable Marion and again we want to tell people go to your website check it out see if one is near you and if it isn't you know talk to your you know ot talk to your YMCA talk to your community group and ask them about getting one because it is uh, I, I think it It's it's something really, really incredible that I'd love to see more of our kids have access to.
11: And and we are working with groups to help them do fundraisers to try and get things out there and to create financing plans so it makes sense.
1: Okay, really, really remarkable. I thank you so much for being with us, uh, Marianne. We've we've got so many interviews to do today, so that's all the time I I, I have to spend with you, but I, I hope we can have you back on the show again another time. Oh, anytime, love it. All right, well, thank you so much. We are gonna take a break and we're gonna be back in just a couple of minutes. Stick with us.
4: This is the second annual ACT Run for uh, autism and military families. We're down here in San Diego. It's absolutely gorgeous morning. All right, let's just start moving. Let's move in those feet. I know it's a little chilly, some of you are just arriving. Hey, okay, you guys are looking at it, and I
2: want to remind you, you are running to raise money for an amazing cause. Our military families with a child of autism. You guys are heroes. Thank you.
11: So are you ready to run? Go! Yeah!
8: someone who's had a lot of friends, who've had children with autism, and I'll tell you there is nothing more heartfelt than watching the support that this organization provides for families and for militaries and for children. Whoa! Look at this little silver bullet all the time. he's gonna win it! Oh my gosh! Tackle him! Way to throw down a killer personal best, of course, on your act today, 10K. Just look at that! That is a serious commitment to no-limits racing.
5: You know, a lot of times you hear things about autism, you're hearing about people trying to find a cure, but what happens to the people who are living with it daily with their children? And ACT-A-DAY supports them with grants and funding for a helmet, for example. They say in the lifetime of a child with autism, you can probably expect to spend about $3 million. So ACT-A-DAY helps out with okay.
2: One in 88 military families have autism. That's entirely too much. We have an autism epidemic. It's almost impossible for families to get the care and treatment they need, particularly the military family, who moves on average every two years. Oftentimes, they have a parent deployed. Their children do not get the care and treatment they deserve. I hope all of you guys enjoyed running
12: today. We're extremely humbled to get to be the title sponsor of this great event, and it's going to grow every year. We started off as a small company with a big vision And a few years later now, we've uh, donated over three quarters of a million dollars, thanks to uh, generous support and generous marketing from our charitable partners.
4: All right, here we go.
9: On five, four, three, two, one. This is International
12: Beat Mega Radio Smasher. I had the time of my life. I've never felt this way before Yes, I swear This is true And I owe it all to you Oh, I
4: no pictures, I just want to make it was going to that's The fact that you have the band going, you have friends here, you have just a great atmosphere, why not come out and you're in Southern California? You can't get better.
2: I want you to know you made a difference today in the lives of families with children with autism. You guys are amazing, you're activists, you guys rock.
5: This event would not be possible if we hadn't had the tremendous support of a sponsor.
2: We encourage everybody, join us next year. The party's going to be bigger and better than ever.
1: Welcome back to Aud. I wanted to take a brief second to talk about the One Hope Wine ATMF run for military families. This entire event benefits the portion of ACT today that takes particular care of our military families. If you didn't know before, I want you to know that one thing that we know for sure is that many military families have children with, that are on the autism spectrum. In fact, we know that during the last time that we looked at side by side, the military family incidence of how prevalence, how often they have a child on the autism spectrum was higher than the general population. We don't know why. But we also also know that while they, they have more children on the spectrum that are diagnosed with autism, they have the least amount of services. And there are lots of reasons for why that is. One is that sometimes they are deployed to places with their families where there is no ABA provider and the services are not there, the support services. So that's a huge hardship for families. Sometimes they uh, w- the family will split and go in two different directions so that a child can stay and get the treatment they need, and we know that's hard on everyone, including the child. Uh, We also know that when they move, which is on the average of every two years, that they go back into the system of being on the waiting list to start services, and sometimes that can be a lag of three to six months before they're able to start services. Just stop for a moment and think about what you have going on in your home, and if on top of that, every two years you had to completely relocate, and if one of the members of the family was in harm's way, how uh, completely difficult that would be. So this run benefits those families, and uh, we appreciate the, the different sponsors that are they're there for that, but they also need people to run, and you can run virtually. So you might say, but I'm in New Hampshire. I can't get there on that day. You can set up a virtual runner and still raise money, and it will go to the, the United States military, the families that have autism, uh, to help them to get access to the support that they need a really important event. And I hope that you will participate. Go to act today.org. Click on the ATMF run button. All right, Emily, are we going to break or are we going directly into interview? I do not. Hi
7: guys. Welcome back to Smarty. This month, we're gonna make some gluten-free Play-Doh. It's a great activity because A, I know a lot of our kids have an allergy to gluten, and B, it's super cheap and cost-effective to make your own. So let's get started. The materials you'll be needing are one cup of white rice flour, half a cup of cornstarch, half a cup of salt, one tablespoon of cream of tartare, one and a half teaspoons of vegetable oil, one cup of water, food coloring, a saucepan, and a spatula. So as you guys can see, I'm in my kitchen. Because I'm going to be using the stove top to make the Play-Doh. First, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my pot and fill it up with all the dry ingredients, okay? Now that I have my dry ingredients in the saucepan, I'm now going to add the what went so the vegetable oil and the water. I'm going to turn the pan onto low heat and continue stirring. What I want to make sure happens is that it gets solidified and gooky looking, you'll see in a second, but not overcooked, okay? You're just trying to get the materials to kind of congeal. You know the dough is ready, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna just take it off the stovetop and let it cool. Once it's cool, then you're gonna add your coloring, and boom, you've got gluten-free Play-Doh. Well, I hope you enjoyed the Play-Doh with your kids. Until next time, craft on, guys.
1: Can you see me? Flying by your side. Welcome back to Autism Live, and we're, we have a guest who's joining us, but we had uh, some difficulties getting a Skype connection for the video portion, so we're just going to have her via audio, but we're so thrilled that we have Vicki Gold with us. Vicki, thank you for being with us. You're welcome. And uh, we originally scheduled to have you on on Tuesday, but thrilled to be able to get you today because I wanted to talk with you about MIT Scratch. Can you first tell us what MIT Scratch is? Um,
10: it's it's a program. It's it's a program for. Uh, well, I should. I really shouldn't say kids because they usually need in college now. But it's um it's a program that teaches students how to program. And it's come it comes out of the MIT lifelong uh childhood let, let's see, childhood um kindergarten group. And um, it's a drag-and-drop environment so no one has to read code and so one of the things why it's for children it's because they don't have to write any code and everything is color-coded so it fits together like a puzzle so if you want to write a game just he dragged it over he dragged your coat over and um it's it's really very uh magical um,
1: it's a very exciting thing. My son recently, this is how I found out about it, our local library was doing a class in MIT yeah. Scratch and, and he was able to go to it, I think it was a four-week program, and he loved it. And and we need to say, Vicki, that this was not invented for kids on the autism spectrum, but it's something oh. that that is amazing when you have a child who's interested in computers. And we specifically, I contacted the MIT Scratch people uh, last week. And and said I, well, I want somebody to come on and talk about it, and they recommended you because you actually use this with yeah. students with autism, correct?
10: Right, um, mainly with Asperger students, but I've done it with both, um, and I think it's great with both. Um, the Asperger students who have a real kind of um, desire and ability to program just take to it um amazingly because they're just so talented in programming that um it, it it becomes kind of like a home for them. And let me say that on their website, one of the wonderful things about this and that really really good for the autistic kid is that there's five mil just short just short of five million games that's on the website wow and there's like each kid talks to each kid i mean they don't have to talk to all five million but they rate <laughs> each other's games they they talk to them they can remix each other's games which means is they can look inside each other's games see what code it is and then change it and say I've now remixed your games and then from there someone else can remix the game and it can keep getting better and better and better and so there's this wonderful kind of communication that goes on between the students and this is something that's really great for the student who's very either very shy and not very confident about the talking, or the student who may dominate the class because they're so excited about the programming. Yeah. And so this gives them at home or in or in a scratch class, you know, 100% attention. There's wikis, there's Twitter, there's 5 million children to talk to. <laughs> um, it's it, exciting. It, it's really just an amazing thing. And there's even Scratch Day that's coming up on May 17th, where people, when uh, students from all around the world all scratch together. And they have a big uh, party at MIT, but if you can't make it, they have parties all around the world. And they try to um, uh, videotape as much as they can, depending on the time zones and things like that, of uh, who's doing what.
1: Well, I love and- this, Vicky. I think it's incredible. And we want to tell folks watching first of all about the program that you do so that if they're in your area uh we want well first emily's got the site up to tell them if you're not in vicky's area anywhere that you're at you can go to this website there's a bunch of information emily's been showing you the website while we were talking um and anybody can get started on this pretty much today but if they want to take the class which i think is so beneficial they want to find something in their area tell them where you are vicky
10: I'm in Massachusetts, um, in uh, oh, just around the 128 area, and uh, there are many, many scratch classes. But I can surely help anyone find one if, okay. if I'm not, uh, if they're not near me. How would you like so, people to get a hold of
1: you if they're in the um, Massachusetts area?
10: Well, you can get me by my phone number, but um, everything is listed on my website.
1: Let's send them to the website. I don't want to give people your home phone number, right. Vicky. You'll be inundated.
10: Yeah, right. <laughs> it's Gold at vickygold.com okay. which is v-i-c-k-i-g-o-l-d. Dot com. And um, you can also, there's two um, websites for Scratch. The regular Scratch website is mit. Edu. Scratch, and that's where you make your Scratch games. And for the parent or for the teacher, you have Scratch Ed. So that's like Scratch Education. Okay. Scratch Ed. Media. Mit. Edu. All right. Uh, and that you can always uh, parent compose. I live in California, and I am looking for a group for my child who has autism and somebody will answer you
1: okay really remarkable and as i said my local library was doing this free class and uh there were lots of kids there there were kids there as young as eight and kids there as old as 18 what do you recommend age-wise and i know it really depends on the skill but what but what do you think vicky i
10: i think it's as early as can be, Um, it depends on the kid, but you know, since it's color-coded, And and I I think now there's a very young scratch, this junior scratch. So um, I think there's an even younger version. But since it's color-coded, the kids get to know what things are by color rather than by words. Uh And if you're sitting over them and you want to, instead of making something like a game, just make a story. This is what my day was like. You can easily do it together at almost any age as um, young as five. Well,
1: it's, it's remarkable. And I'm so thrilled to have you on the show talking about it. I want to encourage people, check it out. If you've got a child who shows any inclination towards computers, and, and most of our kids do, uh, it could loving. be a really fun thing. They'll love it. They'll absolutely love it. Vicki, thank you so much for being with us. You're
10: welcome. Thank you for having me. All right,
1: you take care.
10: OK, thank you.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. We are going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and we're going to be talking about robots. Uh, It just gets better and better, right? Teaching our kids how to program computers. Now we're going to teach teach them how to build better robots. We have a wonderful guest that's going to be with us. Uh, I'll wait and introduce him when, when he's in here. So stick with us.
5: Hi, I'm Ryan with Autism Research Group. We study ways to improve the lives of kids with autism. One of those ways is teaching safety skills, such as what to do if they get lost. We hit the streets to find out if anybody knows the correct answer on how to teach a kid what to do if they get lost. Ooh. You're teaching a child.
9: What to do if they get lost.
5: Yeah, you're trying to okay. make them independent so they have the skills.
9: Gotcha, okay.
5: Well,
10: give them a compass. Code name's good idea. Centurion.
8: We always have these whistle. Um.
10: Oh, I'd also
1: tell
9: doubly. the kid,
12: i tell the kid, don't get scared, it's all, you're gonna be alright, man, this is just the world, You're. this is planet Earth, you're at home here. As long as you're on planet Earth, you're at home. Here.
5: As long as you're on planet Earth, you're home. This guy's a genius, with that flawless logic, he just solved our homeless problem. And as for the unique sounding whistle, although very cool, it'll probably only work if you're in close proximity. And a compass.
7: I never call me.
5: Yeah, she doesn't have a uh, phone. Parents are like, you're too young, you don't need a phone. Establish some sort of like meeting place. What if they can't find a meeting place? Because sometimes Ooh. the kids get nervous when they get lost. Yeah, so like a backup plan, well, like well, plan B. Yeah, I don't know. No, not really. Let them go, and find a new kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a different one. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
11: There's not much you can do. There is I stuff like... you can do.
5: That's right, there is stuff you can do. In 2012, myself, along with my colleagues, Dr. Jonathan Tarbox and Dr. Adele Nadowski, published a study in the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis On teaching kids what to do when they get lost. The study demonstrated how three simple things, rules, role-playing, and praise, were effective in establishing these help-seeking behaviors. The benefit of this method is it doesn't require the child to have a cell phone or to have to locate a meeting place, which might be difficult if they're in a place like Disneyland. So once again, our method included rules, role-playing, and praise. Let's head back outside and learn about some of these rules.
7: They should yell out loud. can't find my mom, my mom, help
5: me. Maybe yell out and scream for help. All right. Scream really loud, Correct. and if that does not work, then I don't know. Well, they could seek help from someone.
10: Find
12: an
5: adult. Yeah, go to a vendor, you know, and say I'm lost. Find an adult, like a police officer, or a fireman, or an employee in the store, and tell them, and maybe they can help you contact your parent. It really is that simple. You don't need to get your kid a cell phone. You don't need to establish a meeting place that they might not be able to find when they're lost and panicking. And you definitely don't need to give them a compass. All your kid has to do is three things. First, yell mom or dad real loud. Two, if that doesn't work, find an employee. And then third, tell the employee they're lost. If they can't locate an employee, then tell them to find a mother with children, because that's probably the safest person to approach. I'm not saying that most men are predators, but most predators are men. That is a fact. I've read it in a fortune book. All right, so you've gone over the rules with your kid, and you've quizzed them, and they're able to tell you the correct responses so they understand the rules. But is that enough? How do you know they're going to perform correctly in a real world setting? You need to get out there and find out if they can actually do it. So they'd go over the rules and tell them, like, do this, do that. But how would you know if they actually knew what to do? If you wanted to shoot a basketball, and I just told you, oh, when you shoot a basketball, do this, this, and this.
4: I never, never, you never practice never practice yeah
5: so it don't matter how many times we go over the rules or how well you can repeat them back to me it's not going to change until you get on the court and practice maybe do uh, like a you know a little skit with them like a kind role play like. role play yeah
7: you're a child you're locked in the toy aisle okay what do you do i'm an attendant walking around <laughs>
5: I'm lost. I don't know where my mom is. And then once you practice, you just like praise them, give them feedback, like good job, you did it. Like reinforcing it? Yes, this woman wins the prize for best comment. She pointed out the most important part of learning, reinforcement. Now in our study we used praise, but for your kid you might have to use something else. You might have to buy them a treat, a toy, take them to their favorite restaurant where they can eat unhealthy food and run around and climb through plastic tunnels that have the unmistakable scent of urine. And then play games, spending $20 to get a plastic little spider ring that they will eventually lose in a ball pit. The point is, you need to reward your child for correctly demonstrating what you've been teaching them.
7: Okay, I'm gonna call her. Hello, your child. Ryan, I was just missing. There
3: you go. Woohoo! Yay!
5: So you tested it out in the store (laughs) to make sure I knew it, I had the rules, we role played it and you made sure I knew it, and then like you said, good job, and all that. Now we're good to go. Good to go. All right. Done? High five right there. So there you have it. Give your child the rules, get out there and practice, and reward your child for responding correctly. For more information, please visit us online at autismresearchgroup.org. I'm Ryan Bergstrom. Thanks for watching. Yes, ding, no. Yes, this woman wins the first... Yes, this woman... Yes, this woman wins the best... Yes, this woman wins the first place... Yes, this woman... <laughs> Why can't I say what? Yes, this woman wins...
1: What's the line? Yes! Welcome back to Autism Live. So thrilled. We just have, as I've said, so many guests on today because we're talking about technology and we, we're jam packing a lot of different topics in, but we really saved the best for last. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to talk about robots right now. And in the studio joining us is Stan Heiken. Stan, thank you so much for being here. And you are from a company that is called Great Minds Robotics, correct? That's right. And so if people want information, let's start out with the website. They can go to greatmindrobots.com.
12: It's actually greatmindsrobotics.com. Robotics.com. Robotics. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay.
1: Glad we got that straight. Okay. So you can go there and, and be looking around at some of the things there. We're going to be talking about it. But I found you because and this is how crazy the world is I work in this building and your building is what two blocks down from us and I saw the sign uh, on your building and I went I have to know more about this and I was sort of thinking it was going to be robots for adults but lo and behold it's a
12: whole program for kids correct Uh, that's right Uh, it's actually for kids uh, ages as young as five and a half we do have a couple of adults taking classes, but it's mostly a uh, mom or dad that want to learn more. <laughs> not yeah, to be behind be their kids. Yes. Um, but it's typically for kids. Uh, majority of our kids are about 9 through 13. Amazing. Um, and uh, we start teaching them uh, with very, very simple concepts of robotics and programming. Uh, we use a visual language. Uh, so, so it's drag and drop interface. It's very, very simple to get started. Mm-hmm. And eventually, progress them to much more um, much more complex things uh, real world languages uh, that are typed professional languages such uh-huh. as C-sharp and Java um, so it's it's a full full immersion program uh, starts very very simple kind of like the two plus two of robotics and programming okay and goes all the way through advanced concepts that are typically taught at college level amazing
1: and and so what an education for me because i walk around trying to find things for my child to do that will he'll find engaging that build his education and build skills and i didn't know that you were just down the street from me and i'm guessing that a lot of you out there watching don't know what's around the corner from you as well so but let's let's talk a little bit about uh how amazing this can be for kids, and the fact that the program that you do—we have to be very clear: this is not a program that is designed for kids specifically
12: on the autism spectrum. Correct? That's correct. Uh, we didn't build the program for any particular group. Uh, we do, however, have, have have some students in the program that are um, that are diagnosed with Asperger's. Yes. Uh, and they do tend to do fairly well in our program. Yeah. Um, so.
1: And 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 you guys have have had great success. Having individuals who are on the spectrum come in, but you really have to be a, interested in robots, that's one of the things you have to do, and there are some skills that you have to have before you're ready to do this kind of thing. And I would guess that my son was has been very interested in robots, but I would guess that he's just ready now to be and participate in a, in a, in a program like this. I think it's when you know kids are a little bit accelerated and they're in an included program that these kinds of things are going to work really well. Until your child is ready there's going to be other things for them to do. But once they are ready, the amazing skills that these kids learn. We actually have a video that we want to show, and these are your actual
12: students that were at your program that we're going to see. Yes, these are these are students participating in a competition called First Lego League. Yes. And it's an amazing competition. for. Students. We have some guys in the
1: building who were talking about this yesterday about doing First Lego League and how exciting it was for them when they were in school. So take a look and ask yourself if you, I have no idea, these kids are so bright, and you see the composure with which they do things and it explains for you what it is that they have to accomplish. It's mind-boggling. Take a look at the video.
8: Great Minds Robotics sent three teams to a first LEGO League qualifier at La Flint Flintridge. Their A-team scored big at the end of the day and we've got footage coming up next. But first, here's a little primer on the FLL challenge and what you're about to experience. Every year, FIRST LEGO League challenges children to contemplate and solve real-world problems based on a theme. This year's theme is the Food Factor, and it includes everything from farming, fishing and food delivery to contamination cleanup and pollution reversal. The kids get a crack at solving these problems by completing tasks laid out on an official playing field. They solve them with LEGO NXT robots that they design, build and program, and they do it without directions from their adult coaches. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Robot Challenge. It lasts only 2 minutes and 30 seconds, so careful planning is required to get the most problems solved in that tiny bit of time. The A-Team looked at all the problems, then they designed, built and programmed the robot to solve them. Their success was measured with points awarded along the way. Here's how they plan to score. First off, they're going to use the robot to go fishing. This may look easy at first, but there's a twist. They're only allowed to catch the big fish, and they have to do it without moving the baby one off its mark. Those fish are really close together. After they fish, they're gonna try and reverse the pollution in the water. This blue ball represents the pollution, and it needs to be knocked out of the lake. Next up is removing nasty vermin from our shipping ports. The A-Team has to catch a rat. This area has two challenges in one. First, they have to get that rat off the ramp and out of the shipyard. If things go well with that, the team plans to immediately move on to hauling the trailer. The A-Team is looking to grab this refrigerated trailer and get it safely to their base. Now their plans get even more daring our team will opt for the big gamble by delivering the loaded trailer back to the dock. If they were able to score points earlier by fishing and moving that trailer back to the base, they're going to put all those points at risk right now. Take a look here. To win the big gamble, they have to deliver the trailer and get it into the dock. And not only must it be in the dock, they have to get the trailer wheels past this white line. The last part of the A-team's plan involves clever maneuvering to empty the dispenser. They want to empty this dispenser by moving the lever highlighted here. Their final action will be to go the distance. Okay, now that you know the plan, it's time to watch the Great Minds Learning Center's A-team in action. Here we go! Oh, the robots hung up, off to a rough start. They were able to grab it before it left the base. That's good. He's going to let it go again. Time for the fish. Sweeps the big three and only grazes the baby one. It stayed on its mark. That's good. Those fish are back in the base. That's a potential nine points. If those fish are still there at the end of the round, they score nine. All right, these guys are changing attachments. They're allowed to do that in the base. I see a front loader on there and a fork. What could that be for? It looks like they're going to do about three things. They're going to reverse the heavy metals pollution in the lake, they're going to get a wrap off the ramp in the dock, and they're going to bring the contaminated refrigerated trailer back to the base for cleaning. Let's see if they can do it. Here we go. Pollution reversed. That's four points. All right, going. There's the rat. It is into the bucket, and they grab the trailer with a fork. This is awesome. They're bringing them both. That rat was worth 15 points, and the contaminated trailer in the base for 12 points. All right, they're switching things out, and now they're going to go for a big gamble. What they're going to do is give up those nine points for the...
1: So, uh, we, we don't want to give away the whole video. You should go to their website and take a look to see what the kids end up doing. But I I was just talking with Stan about in watching this video, a couple of things that really come to mind for me, how well the kids do under pressure, how they're working and communicating in a team and how amazing it is that they're trying to solve a real world problem on a very small scale, right? right. But a real world problem. And you were saying that that's sort of key to, what you guys teach it's got to be real world real world applicable
12: that's right we want to make sure that our program focuses on real-world applicable skills uh, in fact as kids uh, advance to our program uh, we start taking on some real-world projects um, in our advanced class we're currently building a uh, an application a web application for our uh, Portola highly gifted uh, uh, middle school uh, so they can use it for their next science fair to actually uh, organize judges Allow kids to upload their um, uh, abstracts for science fair projects. Uh, it will be an actual real-world uh, program that the kid made by kids. Um, you know, middle so school.
1: So those kids. days of running to Walmart at 11 o'clock at night to get that tri-fold cardboard thing have now just upped a little bit because now it's it's something that they're going to submit their abstract online. That's right. Oh, my headache just got bigger. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But it's lovely that our kids get the opportunity if we can hook them up to this because I'm thinking how far ahead are they going to be? Used to be that a lot of times you didn't wait to worry about a specialty for a kid until they went to college, but I'm, I'm thinking for a child who's into robotics, how much of a leg up do you give them when you start these things early? Earlier. it's amazing right uh, I
12: think it's a, I think it's huge uh, I think you want to start them as early as possible um, again we start some kids as young as five and a half six okay. years old um, I myself started learning this when I was about 11 Wow. Um, and it, 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 it started as a hobby um, and became my career I didn't know at the time that it was going to become my career it was just kind of always a hobby I got paid to do uh-huh. <laughs> as I grew up uh, it was fun uh, and and, and when I was 11, we didn't have robots. It wasn't. It yeah. wasn't anything like we have today. Yeah, it was black and white computer screens, and, and you know, we drew circles on them, pretended they're spaceships, and uh, you know, could shoot lines on them that looked like bullets. Today, we have amazing technology for yeah. kids. Amazing. These robots. Uh, the capabilities are really unlimited in terms of what we can do in these programs.
1: And I have to say, I mean, this applies to so many different things. And again, your program is not for kids with autism, but kids, certain kids with autism do quite well in your program. Great. And keep in mind, you guys, when you give them an opportunity. We've had Temple Grandin on the show talking about how find what your child is interested in and let them go as fast as they can with that. That they will find great expertise there. So if your child is into robots, these are the kinds of programs that you want. To to deal with but also we know that where bullying is concerned when you give kids a core group that has like interests they're less likely to be bullied so this and and the opportunity to socialize within this group and work together as a team when it's highly reinforcing this is just off the charts good so first if somebody is in the Los Angeles area and they want to do a program with you because you guys do it so well how can they reach you
12: we want to send them to that website correct uh, correct uh, our website two nine two eight zero zero eight. Great. Uh, or email, and that's info i n f o at buildcoolrobots.com.
1: Not not hard to remember, right? <laughs> yeah. Buildcoolrobots.com. There you go. Okay, so but for people, because we're people view us all over the United States and in 102 different countries. So if somebody is not right here in the Los Angeles area, you mentioned that there is a First LEGO
12: program. That's right. Uh, First uh, is an organization that uh, runs several robotics competitions, and uh, First LEGO League is a great way to get involved with robotics. Okay, uh, it's a fantastic organization, and it runs in in uh, many countries and uh, uh, there's I think this year there were 17,000 students participating. Okay. Uh, it was uh, lots and lots and lots of, uh, I, I apologize, 17,000 teams participating. Okay. So lots wow, of so students. that's even more kids. Yeah, That's right and the teams are uh, uh, eight to ten students on average. Okay. So, is there a website for First Lego League? Uh, there is. It's actually firstlegoleague.org. Okay. Um, and there are resources there on how to get involved with First Lego League in your area.
1: Okay. Because there uh, may be already be one in your area, or I'm, I imagine there's a way for you to
12: start one if there isn't one. That's correct. And there's resources there on both topics.
1: Okay. So, we might see you at a competition, a First Lego League competition somewhere down the road. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. remarkable. We are we are so close to being out of time but I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come down the street and be with us today to talk about this I, I have a feeling I'm going to be seeing a lot of you because I have a feeling my son's going to come to you and we should say that you run diff- lots of different kinds of programs you have camps but you also have programs that kids can come after school correct
12: uh, that's right our main program is an after school program okay. uh, we are after school on weekends we're actually seven days a week okay uh, so lots of opportunity
1: Wow. Well, I have a feeling we're going to become close friends. Uh, And that you're going to know my son quite well. In any case, thank you so much for being here. and, And we want to encourage people, check them out, go to the website. And if you're not in the area, find that kind of a program for your child if they're interested in robotics and do it as soon as possible. All right, we have to take a break and we'll be back just to finish out the week and the show. Stick with us. Another parent wants to know, how do I find out that one thing that my
13: kid is really good at? Now, when they get older, they're going to kind of divide into two groups. You're going to have the kids that become verbal, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have the kids that are non-verbal, got many more problems. Maybe they still have epilepsy or some other problem, and they kind of need different services. And the ones that get verbal, they, what we need to be doing with them is develop the area of strength. And that area of often will show up around third or fourth grade, sometimes earlier. But my ability in art showed up when I was in third and fourth grade, and it was always encouraged. And I was encouraged to do lots of different kinds of art. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would have just been endless horse heads. Mm-hmm. You know, mother would say to me, why don't you draw a picture of a beach <laughs> or, or something else? Mm-hmm. It's uh, you, you want to broaden it out. If the kid's fixated on trains, let's teach reading with trains, math with trains. Tap into that fixation, mm-hmm. but develop the area of strength. Some kids it's going to be art. Other kids it's going to be mathematics. So you've got a third grader who's smart in math, and he wants a sixth grade math book, give him the sixth grade math book. Don't bore him with the baby stuff, but that kid's going to have trouble with reading. Because the common thing is the uneven skills. And then you have the kids that are the history buffs, and these kids are often really good at writing skills. You tend to have uneven skills. But tap into their fixations and use those to motivate. But broaden. If he likes trains just watching them, well, we're going to take that interest in trains to do some math with it. Or maybe read about the history of the railroad. You know, tap into that motivation. One of the things I really want to talk about is we've got to stretch these kids. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about physically stretching them mentally stretching them, stretching them to do new things. I'm seeing too many kids that haven't learned how to shop, how to order food at McDonald's. So you start out, let's say it's ordering food at McDonald's or at Burger King. So you take them up there and they watch you order it. And then eventually you go in when the store's not busy, and they have to go up and order it while you're sitting at the table watching, and then you coach them. And then eventually they can go in the restaurant themselves. I can remember I was scared to go to the lumber yard alone and buy lumber, and mother made me go. And she knew I could do it. I had done bought lumber with her many times. But there's a tendency that they want to have somebody else there when they do it. And they've got to learn how to do things alone. And you gradually have got to kind of push it. You've got to stretch them. And I'm seeing too many kids not learning basic skills. Saw so a 19-year-old honor student that actually knows how to drive that had never shopped in the grocery store all by herself. That is just ridiculous. You know, you've got to stretch them. You push too hard, they're going to be panic. And and the other thing is no surprises, no surprises. I knew all about the ranch long before I went there. I talked to Ann. But if you don't stretch these kids, they don't grow. Welcome
1: back to Autism Live. It's been a really exciting week here, and we've only scratched the surface. The truth is, is that we could have three months and have it just be on technology and still not really begin to discover all the different ways that we can use technology for autism. So I wanna end this week with a challenge to you that you need to get online and start asking some questions. And also for me, you know, part of it was looking up in my surroundings and seeing a sign that said, great mind, robotics. And so I encourage you to ask questions of the people in your community, in your support groups, but also just people out there. All the programs that are great for our kids on the autism spectrum aren't autism programs, right? Uh, So just as Temple was just saying, you know, you need to figure out what your child is interested in and then search it down. I am amazed to know that this place is just a couple of blocks down and I didn't have any idea, nor did I know about the first Lego uh, robotics program. I had no knowledge of that. And I, you know, I talked to the Lego people. So how did I not know that? We've been to Legoland where they do the Lego uh, things. so I, I know about mind storms i just didn't know about this but now i do and um I encourage you, ask questions, find what's right for your child, what technology would you like to see for your child, and then Google it. Maybe it already exists. And if it doesn't, write to us, because I know people who are looking for ideas of more things that we need for technology, and I can let them know. I really want to thank all of our guests this week for participating. I think this was uh, just so much fun to see all the possibilities. Uh, I know, too, we didn't get a chance to talk this week about makers' fairs. But if your child is particularly interested in building and making things they have makers fairs and it's on my bucket list to get my child to one of those big maker fairs really incredible next week really uh, another bang-up week that we have planned for you but don't forget before next week tomorrow Holly Robinson Pete will be here and I didn't bring one of the knobbies in with me today I had it in yesterday but we are going to give away two of those fabulous knobby tablets tomorrow during that hour with Holly Robinson Pete that is at 11 o'clock we're not usually on on Friday anymore but this is a special occasion you're not going to want to miss it you can start tweeting to us now any questions that you have for Holly I'm completely out of time and uh, look at our Facebook though tonight because we will reveal what you need to be doing to win those nobbies on our Facebook alright so we're out of time but please give your kiddos a hug from me and make sure that you are here tomorrow for Holly Robinson Pete 11 in the morning that's Pacific Standard Time do the math for where you are. It's one hour and we're going to give those nobbies away. So g- give your kids a- kids a hug and we'll see you then. Bye bye for now.